All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 74. I missed you guys. Thank you, everybody, who came back to see me, even though I've been a little bit of a hiatus. Back and forth the last five weeks. Sorry about the lack of podcast episodes, but today we have a special episode for you. Uh, one of my uh, oldest friends, Rare Extracts, is going to be joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to him and talk about old stories and what I used to grow and process for me. I want to hear about his experience working in the Oklahoma legal cannabis market, a bunch of different things. So it should be a fun conversation. Um, we do have a Sunday sale today in a few hours. If you're watching this at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time when it drops, then a few hours later we'll be having the uh, Sunday sale. We were going to do one giant sale at the end of October, but it was a lot of work on uh, my guys like shipping everything. Last time we did a massive drop like that, so we're splitting this drop up into two parts. Um, <clears throat> so if you want to be part of that drop and stay up to date on everything going on, make sure you go to my website, bmsglass.com, sign up for our newsletter. That way you get email notifications about everything we're doing over here. And my God, does it feel good to be back in my studio smoking hash? I got a slurper. So I've been getting violently high, um, just a little bit scared and confused because it literally gets me so stoned, but I'm going to take this one at a lower temp. I've been honestly taking these on my dab right at about 430, 450, somewhere in there. Um, there's just so much surface area. These things fucking vaporize it so well. Where's my topper marble? Fuck it. Let's use this. Let's move this out of the way. Look at that. Get on there. Oh. <coughs> oh. Wow. <coughs> <coughs> Oof. That works surprisingly well. And while we're at it, guys, you're not going to believe this. Um, but we got sponsored by Ridge Wallet. Now, I know I've said a million times, go to Liquid IV, use my promo code, and I'm faking it. This one's real. You can use promo code RBR at RidgeWallet.com to get 10% off your order. Um, I'm stoked on it. Matches my car. I've slimmed it down. I've had a big fat wallet for years sitting on it, being uncomfortable. This thing is so thin and comfortable. And I don't know. I really like the look of it. It's really modern, but simple. And that's what I like. Um, stoked that these guys wanted to work with me. They reached out to us. Um, hopefully this is how they wanted me to show up their product. Maybe we'll lose the sponsorship as quick as we got it. I do not know, but either way, I saw someone shoot one with a bullet. So I was like, fuck it. You can take a dab with one, right? But yeah, make sure you guys check out Ridge Wallet and uh, use promo code RBR to get that discount. And before I get any more stoned, before my guest gets here, let's take a break and we'll be right back with our guest, Rare Extracts. Thank you so much, everybody. go of like for a long time i thought i was rare extracts mm -hmm. it's like i'm i'm the guy and it like hit me i was like i'm not the fucking guy like if i want this to be a thing that's going to outlast me and be better than me and like all of the things that i've seen these guys like who have been more accomplished be able to understand and it's like okay you built something but now it's time to like let that mofo just sail like it's time to put that thing Dude. in the water and like you could still be on the boat yeah. The boat's not going to go by without a whole crew. Oh, know? no, like, I can relate with that so much. That Everything you just said is essentially the philosophy of what I've been trying to do with Bear Mountain Studios. It's why, like, people are like, why don't you do an artist name? Because, like, I started Bear Mountain before I had, like, 
that they did at Instagram, and that was just like where I'd smoke weed and shit. Like it's mm-hmm. not like a company Instagram or anything. Same here. But I was like, in order for like this to really grow to the potential I want it to grow, because it's not even a money thing. There's lots of ways to make money. There's easier ways to make money, but true. it's more about like having something I can be proud of at the end of the day. Like I can like walk into my building and see all the equipment I've worked hard to invest in, see like something functioning and delivering a product that I'm proud that this gets to be part of people's day-to-day life. How Absolutely. cool is that? Like when people like get home from work and they're stressed out, they want to grab that RBR and take their first dab and relax on the couch. Like I want to be part of that equation and ritual in the day-to-day life of human beings. Yeah. So like, but that whole philosophy of like teens and stuff, I went through that for years too because like I didn't get my my first employee was Cormac. He started here in like 2018 October, and now I have uh, my dude Brandon. He's been here for over two years now. But it was so hard for me to like actually get people on the team, even though that was my philosophy. Like it was almost like I knew what I wanted to do, but me on a personal level, I had a hard time. I'm like, is it going to devalue me? Is it going to like is it is it going to make people assume that like I don't work hard and that other people just do all the work like. And then I had to realize I have to stop caring about what other people want to assume about me mm-hmm. and I have to focus on my goal and love what I'm doing. And that's it. Because no matter what you do, people are going to assume things. They're going to be like, oh, they see a post. Oh, he he doesn't work all the time. Other people make his shit. Yeah. And it's like no one makes my shit, but I have prep guys. Just like a chef will have prep cooks cutting the onions, cutting yeah. the peppers. I don't cut the onions or peppers anymore. I just make the dish on the line. That's it. Um, but yeah, like... Having a team is a huge thing, but it's really hard. It's hard to build up the comp because, like, imposter syndrome, like you were talking about, I deal with that every day still. And even when you're bringing on employees, you're like, you're like, wait, am I like, do I know enough to like even tell them what the fuck to do? Like, I know what works Dude. for me. It's like, it's almost like, like when you're making hash, I'm sure, like, yes, of course, there's a formula, but you could do it with your eyes closed. It's like your art form. It's like, it's your recipe is embedded into your like DNA where you can just do it. Whereas you start teaching someone, you're like, wait. Hopefully, am I saying the right thing to them? They might know other terminology that I don't. Do I sound like a, an idiot? Like, yeah. how did I get this far? Or am I being <laughs> mean? You yeah, know? exactly. I'm always worried if I'm the sandpaper. And, you know, it's like I can explain my expectations, but how do I explain them nice, like nicely? I'm, yeah. oh, I've, I was raised around people from the Northeast, so they're very blunt and yep. honest and like... Sometimes the sandpaper in the room. And the farther west like, you go, if you're blunt, people just take it as rude. Yeah. But you're, not, you're to the point and of saving time. And I've learned, you know, from my mom that, like, hey, it's like some of the people that I've done business with have, like, said, you know, thank you for being honest and not wasting our time. And yeah. we didn't go into those relationships. Yeah. And then there's other relationships where they also, same thing. Hey, thank you for being honest. We want to do business with you because of that. We like that you didn't beat around the bush. You cut straight to the chase. And you told us the facts of the matter. And you also told us what you won't do. Yeah. You know? And I think that a lot of people these days are always trying to uh, please the conversation. I said yes way too much. Priority. My first six, seven years blowing glass. Like literally until about, until the like mid pandemic is when I was like, wait, I gotta stop saying yes to stuff. So it was like only like a year ago. Yeah, it's I stopped harder. saying yes and my life got better kind of. I'd you say. care about an employee. So you want to say yes all the time. So you want to be that cool boss. But at the same time, it's like, man, I have to teach this person the right way to do things. And like when I'm not here, the values and ethics that I've built this brand on have to be instilled in this person as well. Not only like my routines and like my SOPs, but yeah. I, I really think values and ethics. And, and when you get to work hand in hand with an owner where it's not just like this invisible person who pseudo owns it and just like kind of comes through like Phantom of the Opera style, you know? Dude, like, I, I think remember. my thing was, is, like, I was always saying yes to, like, people giving me opportunity. Because I was like, I'm never going to get this opportunity again. Like, because I feel like such an imposter sometimes, and because, like, maybe, like, 
I don't feel like I always deserve what success I may have in life. I have this like weird, it's being raised, you know, Catholic and going to Catholic oh, yeah, school. Dude. You have this crazy like self. Guilt. Like, yeah, this weird thing I'm that we do. never doing enough. Yeah, exactly. Not saying that I'm Catholic or religious now. It's just like how it was raised and shit. But, Definitely. but like I have that still embedded into my DNA. So it's like for me, I would say yes to everything. Because I was like, wow, these people like appreciate me. I don't care if I take a loss. I just want to be part of it so that people like me. Yep. Dude, because like I have an older brother, but he's much older than me. I kind of grew up as an only child out in the middle of nowhere. I would literally look out the window and watch cars driving down the road and be like, oh, do you think it's someone that knows? Are they going to stop? And then, they, you know, whatever. So it was like, I kind of like have all these weird things about me that makes me want to say yes to things. I want to be friends with everyone. I want people to like me. It's like, but I feel like it's normal human shit. You just want to be accepted by your tribe and then appreciated for something. And you want people to value, be like, oh, that guy's good at doing that. We need him in the tribe. Yep. Like, because without that, humans were nothing. We got to be accepted. I said that same exact thing to a friend the other day who I, uh, I asked him a question about growing. And his response was, you know, this is the answer to your question. And thank you for asking me. I really appreciate it when you holler at me for questions. And I was like, shit, man, I just hope that it's that way. Whenever you have questions about making hash. Yeah. And when he goes, it already is. And that was like his response back. And I was like, man, that's cool. Like I look up to that person definitely for their advice in growing. And like, I wasn't trying to like say it like in a cocky manner, you know, I was just saying like, man, I hope one day like, that I can give get you good, something too. Like, like, yeah, that I can at least give back in that regard. Exactly. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. I like, oh man, ever since I've gotten out of like growing, cause I did a little outdoor this year, but I took like a little, when my daughter got here, I shut down my grow and everything. And, oh, yeah, I remember. Cause I was just like, oh, I don't like, in my head I was like, I can't be like making bongs in the garage and grow weed in the basement. It'd be a yeah. great news article. But not just that, right. I knew that like with time already, I was splitting time between growing and glass and I was like, fuck, like I, I wish I could have um, moved this fan. I forgot to move it that night because I was too busy on the torch and now this one plant got hit with a fan too hard or mm-hmm. all these little things and I started slipping. I was like, oh, I'm losing quality in my garden because I'm too busy now with glass. Then my daughter got here and I was like, wait a minute, there's no way I can be a good dad and raise a human if I'm trying to like grow all these plants, blow glass. I mean, some people can do it, but I don't have that capability yet. Well, and so. you guys are a lot like me and my wife Delaney, where like you both help each other out in the grow. And oh, 100%. Ha- I couldn't imagine us having a child. Like the very first thing that's going to be shut down if we get the ability or the gift of a child yeah. is like the grow. Yeah. I don't know how I could put that expectation it's, on her to help me and for oh. me to be able to help the grow and it's like hard balance but you my cross that bridge when you like, come to it though yeah that's how you do it exactly and you'd be surprised in life like even when something sounds like it's gonna really fuck it up like dude i never had more success until my daughter got here even though it's so expensive and it's been so many like intense things but still somehow like and i think it's because having a kid so intense that like when it start comes start it comes to your work you don't get so hung up on each thing that fucks up right you're almost like just keep on moving you're know, like right. i'm not gonna let this fuck up my whole day like back like four or five years ago i'd break something i would be done for the day like, yeah. fuck glass yeah. <laughs> yeah or like i'd see a negative comment on instagram be like fuck fuck instagram the oh, internet bro. i'm out of here like God. like haters fuck this like i hate this shit but now it's like nothing gets to me i just and it feels so liberating i'm like what is happening to me where i like I, anything I see negative or someone's being shitty or like I break a piece I don't even let it get I'm like I can't let it get to me it's not fair to the people inside waiting for me to come in and be a positive dad yeah. like, I can't come in just I just don't want to be like you were saying the sandpaper in the equation like and anytime something gets fucked up it's the human variant that's going to fuck it up it's it not is. the uh, equation it's or the machine operator error it's operator error always yeah always 
Dude, so fucking, what's it like uh, being in the legal cannabis market? And is it Oklahoma? Yeah, dude, yeah, Oklahoma. That's so like I would have never thought five six years ago that you'd see cannabis like in a state like that. Like, yeah, and I always remind people too. I don't, I don't that. First, I don't think that people remember, so I do have to remind them is that Oklahoma was one of the first states to sue Colorado when Colorado went recreational. Because people were driving over the border. Exactly. And they were like, you know, this is fucking Drugs coming into our state, fucking Colorado. It, yeah. Um, this is some rosin from Dude, I'd love there. to try some. This is from Jive. Uh, that's like their, I think that's uh, their, I think it's one of the cookies that we did. Oh, We've done beautiful. like three or four different cookies, washes for them, like holiday cookies. Uh, it was like Girl Scout cookies mixed with like, uh, I can't, man, Dude, I can't I remember. Just... We've done a couple different cookie test phenos for And them. this is from a different company. This is not from your guys. This so is... we don't grow yet. Okay. Uh, well, you process though, right? So did you process for them? Yep. So yeah, this is processed that. by you. Yep. Okay. Washed cool. and pressed. Yeah. Cause like I smelled it and looked at it and like there was like this nostalgia of like, Dude, I don't know if you remember, maybe you do. You were the first person I ever saw that had like that beautiful like rosin. It looked like you could eat it. It looked like dessert. And it was at Lazy Lion in 2014 at a fucking table, a fold-out plastic table. I was blowing glass and you came in, you were like, had all this crazy hash. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And like anytime I like see your hash or a smoke and it's been years, it's like instant. Like there's something that everyone does that like to their own formula that kind of gives it their thing. It's like. Yeah. I could tell that was processed by. So these ones too weren't. These are not from Oklahoma. That's from Oklahoma growers processed by us in Oklahoma. And then these ones are from here. Just our personal home grow. Me and my wife's. Uh, we and I kind of brought like a bunch of different stuff for you to taste. So it's dude, I love it. This is for you to keep. I don't want oh, you to get that yeah. mixed up. Thank you, dude. Appreciate that. Yeah. So there's definitely a good amount of stuff here. This is from Oklahoma. That was grown. So the dude calls Drop it, cookies. yeah, and it's a cut from here. He came out here to get it. Uh, mm, it's the wow. 14er cut that a lot of us all have and, you know, are familiar with. That's what this flower is. Uh, he grew it in what's called terror, natural terror cultivation, which I'm, I'm new to. Like, I don't know all these different terms. I grew outdoor smart pots, 40 gallon to 400 gallon. Yep greenhouses are full term that was all i ever knew you know and in obviously indoor cultivation but like all these different terms of outdoor cultivation terror natural terror organic terror and i guess what organic learned, terror would be a stick name for a vegan metal band but yeah going. dude right and terror is basically don't do shit to the ground okay you just use the natural earth you till it up you plant your plants in it. You give it the natural water from a natural source, such from as like that a local lake, area, like river. That way, yep. it's all like working in one system of that closed area. Closed loop, exactly. Yep. He's a he's a closed loop cannabis farmer. His name's Matt, and uh, his company's Wild Natives. That's um, really cool. Yep, and we get the I, privilege. I really to appreciate people that put all that time into like all the way down to the dirt because like I've talked about oh, it yeah. before. Like when you're smoking hash, like some people that have never grown or popped seeds or phenol hunted can really appreciate you can't appreciate really good hash unless you've kind of dabbled in that yeah because it takes so much to get to the point of having that finished product that it's like i don't know for me like i just i can see all the hard work because i've been there i see like the person finding the genetics and them growing it and finding the best way to dial it in then all yeah. the time with the soils or do we do it this way or that way what nutrients are we using or no nutrients we're going to just brew teas and you find the formula for that, then you find a way to extract it properly. Like, oh, it didn't do great with that. We're going to yeah. try and run it like this or run it like that. And then all this time, and it could take five, six years to fi- finish the process and have this thing. And someone's like, why is it 80 a gram or why is it 100 grams? And it's like, it's like, dude, this is a treat. 
this is not supposed to be like fast food McDonald's. You just eat it all day. This is supposed to be something that like you pop out of the fridge and you're like, I get a fucking treat right now. Yep. Like this is like, it's like fine wine or like whiskey or anything like that. You know, it's a connoisseur level thing. You appreciate all the way down to popping the seed and finding that rare genetic. Yeah. So I don't know. I love that shit though. And to that note, that's kind of what this trap cookies hash falls under. So like Oklahoma has got a lot of really cool laws in regards of, the processor's ability to do research and development for the growers and the growers definitely need that like they put all this time and effort into cultivating a plant that might not do well and yeah. you might sprout a pack of a hundred seeds of the same pheno or sorry a hundred seeds of the same strain and you're trying to get a specific pheno and you're you looking for that one and it might be a heavy yielder or it might be a certain pheno or a certain like you know terpene characteristic with trap cooks it's not that case uh but trap cooks, you know, we knew what we had, but it was a new form of cultivation. So you kind of have that game where it's like, okay, if I'm not hunting these new strains or these new packs or looking for these phenos and just trying to test things, I'm also going against this new type of growing and I'm trying to test that and like find out if this new terror cultivation is even worth it. You know, Dude, talking about like pheno hunting, I don't think people realize how much of a loss you take as a pheno hunter. No. Like yeah. when you're someone that's popping seeds in a, in a room and you're like trying to hunt genetics, that's why I have a lot of respect for some of these companies that do the pheno hunting because I'm like, oh, they're, they have a 10,000 square foot room right there that they're pheno hunting in. They could fill that with Gorilla Glue 4 and have x amount of dollars in material and process it all and probably sell it all but like when you're actually pheno hunting you're like okay we're going to take a huge loss until we find this hopefully it works out it's a, an investment that you're almost guaranteed to take a loss on and until you find that genetic then you have to spend years dialing it in and yeah. like extracting it and it's like okay now it's three years down the road now we can make money on this and it's like what investor can get behind that that's why it's all these small cannabis grows it's up to them to invest in their own industry Bro. cannot rely on too many of the big guys because they will not understand we don't want to hit the playing field with the same cleats and baseball bats and uniforms no. as every other team and like absolutely not hunting those phenos you're kind of trying to prevent that and a lot of guys will kind of stand on that you know they might have that you'll hear this you know in quotations that oh they might have the Let's just say back in the day, the pre ninety eight. They don't yeah. have my fucking pre ninety eight, and it's like exactly. They don't uh, have mine. Like, okay, well, how do you know that? It's like, well, because I hunted a pack of seeds, you know. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, it's even better though, in my opinion, when a grower has the phenos dialed in, and you pop a pack. Like for instance, we popped four packs of seeds this year, four twelve packs. <coughs> uh, and like, I'm so meticulous about my own home, little tiny personal outdoor grower. <coughs> with me and my wife that like I remember everything and I kind of like start I don't like judge breeders or anything but like you mentally log like who's Fino who, who's like if I pop a 12 pack from Masonic and I pop a 12 pack from Bloom and I grow these 12 plants and I call them out I get I don't keep males I'm not a breeder I don't no. pretend to play that game I don't no. go on Instagram and like post I got a frosty male who wants yeah. it like I'm not I roast them yeah and I have two like I have like two to three like variables that will eliminate the first couple of plants on every 12 pack. And like, number one is dwarfs. I don't keep any dwarfs. So like if I have 12 plants going and one of them's like, obviously two to three inches behind everything. Yeah, I play that game. Once the turf's really rare, it's like, it's no, we don't have time care. for that. We'd want to find out. Yeah. That's, a season, that's some seasoned grower shit. Cause that's the gift and the curse. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. And then, so like the next one I'll do is like, I'll starch them. I'll hit them with like, or, or you know, I'll hit them with a really rich batch of nutrients. I already, in a lot of the things that I pheno hunt, I don't do pheno hunts indoors anymore. I only do them outdoors. That we can really see. Cause like, 
you can't ju- you can't judge too many phenos because light leaks are so common yep. that you're like we need to put this out in the real world and see like how stable it is because yep. our rooms we're trying to create artificial environment that might not be perfectly stable yeah. yet so we need a genetic that can handle and shit. at the end of its flower life i want to replicate a little stress and yeah. in outdoor circumstances i get to do it once every year i start my seeds under the moon you know absolutely dude we run them from april all the way to october and that's it and you know in there right around you know june juneish we take a lot of clones yeah and all of those clones hopefully will determine in the future what's going to happen and they're numbered and labeled and you go through and you kind of look at all your plants and you're like all right you know number six out of the four is fire yep let's make and sure we keep those clones we run it back and then we run them all indoors so like this round right now we grew so we did 12 i'll, I'll go through the the four 12 packs one was pbg that's by masonic it's peanut butter Dosi gelato is like okay. what it says on the pack. And I and he gave it to me for free when I bought another pack of seeds from him like a couple years ago. So I didn't even like expect anything crazy out of this. The phenos are all over the place. Like there's not a similar characteristic on every plant. Like, yeah. And there was only out of a 12 pack, we, I don't remember if there was any dwarfs or any like poor response to uh, nutrients, but there's a lot of males. Yeah. We kept like... I want to say there's like four keepers out of a 12 pack female on that one. And then the white papaya from Oni Seed Co. Uh, that one had eight, which is really good for a 12 pack. Yeah, eight know. females. And, awesome. and none of these packs are said like feminized. You know? Yeah. Um, and then the third one is Archive Junior Mints. Not a fucking male, not a dwarf. Well, archive. 12 for 12. All phenos look the his, same, bro. His confidence on like, social media doesn't like, come from nowhere. That level of confidence bro. comes from having someone that he knows what he's got. He knows he tests his shit. His shit looks the best. And then Bloom did the Stranana Pie. It's, it just said SM Pie. And uh, Joey's a close friend. Always hooks me up with all of his stuff. I can't recommend his gear enough. Uh, he's local to this you know, <coughs> state. He's from the Western Slopes. Like... Being able to connect with him out there back in the day was really beneficial for us and you know the long term because we get to hunt a lot of the stuff that he drops. I had friends already hunt the SN Pie because they hunt indoors. So yeah. when it dropped last year, they all hunted it through the year. And I was like, I'm going to wait till my outdoor and I'm going to find my own phenom. I have so many seeds, bro. That's absurd. Yeah. You know, it's like Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. I have like peanut butter breath and thug pug. Like I was just reminded me that we said peanut butter, gelato, pie, or whatever it was. But his like did 10, 10 females out of a 12 pack, one dwarf, one male, and all the phenos are similar, but like they all do just like gritty resin. You just yeah. touch a like slight little end of a sugar leaf and it just rolls off onto your hand. It feels like sand. And to a hash maker, that's like one of the best characteristics okay. you can look for for non-solvent yeah, cause, washing. Because with non-solvent, you actually don't want those super like wet, sticky plants because they just don't move through the screens efficiently. If as you're as not, as... Ru- dude, so like we figured this out too. Like out in Oklahoma, the water comes out of the taps at 65 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. It's no bullshit. It's like bath water. Okay. We did our first wash. Like I, I was like, well, we're not washing today. You know, we have we have problems. We have to, that we we have have to, to solve. sit overnight and cool down. Yep. And, and uh, we've got all <coughs> our filtration systems set up, and we got our ice maker, and we got two reservoirs in our room. We have to fill them all the way fill with ice, and let the we have little float valves on them drip overnight. And when we got in, we couldn't even keep them below like 55, 50. You know, it was ridiculous. The concrete was warm. So then I had a friend reach out and was like, you know, I heard you guys have these issues out in Oklahoma. You should check out these aquarium chillers. Yeah. And we found these like large scale quarter horsepower aquarium chillers mm-hmm. that keeps the water at like 39 degrees. Holy shit. It's cold as shit. 
And like you said before, gumming in the bag for really greasy strains, we noticed. And that was one of those moments where I was like, all right, we have to go back to the drawing board. Like mm -hmm. if we have compromise, if the resin is being compromised due to like temperatures of water, in my opinion, that's what it was. Yeah. And when we changed the water temperature and got that much lower, I mean, at this point now, you can run our machines without ice. It's that cold. That's we awesome. got insulated jackets on them from Peli Polaire. We got a insulated jacket on our reservoir from Peli Polaire. Um, but you it really still easy. like the ice throughout the agitation though, right? Because that helps with that. Yeah, or we use a slight amount of ice uh, because like, you know, I think it does get a little warm. We use machines and there's a motor underneath mm. of it that's yeah. belt driven. And any sort of friction, even within water, heat. Yeah. I mean, it can still do shit. Yeah. But that's interesting. Do you guys have to switch kind of what strains you were growing then so that you could be like... Well, again, we're not growing. So like okay. we're dependent on the growers. See, see, out yeah. here in Oklahoma or out here in Colorado on my personal grows, it has gone to that where like I'm really trying to hunt like the one or two you like know, what really makes your art look the killers. best basically you're like i can't just pull a strain because everyone says this is what's hot i need to pull whatever strain's going to make my work look the best yeah. that's like same way with me with like prep i'm like i gotta make sure the tubing and everything is like as perfect as can be so it makes my work look good so like even if a strain is popular you might find this interesting pheno that just runs hash perfectly and just is an incredible terp and everything but it's like it's not the hype but this shit makes yeah. my work look the best it's gonna, like this is it the papaya strains are like one of those ones like if you see somebody dropping hella papaya strains you know that like they don't really have to try too hard because it's gonna have terps no matter what that anything throws throw papaya man it's, like, it's, it's a killer I, I tip my hat to anybody who is like washing for terpenes over yields a lot of the papayas aren't the most dominant in yields but like yeah. Nobody's smoking hash because of yields. We're smoking hash for the no, terps. That's dogs, a totally different argument. And there will be, a, I feel like there will be a market for that in the future, in the next 10 to 15 years. It's because I think everything's moving federal. We're going to, the money's going to oh, need yeah. to come from somewhere to fix this fucking country. So this is only one thing. We'll need more than just weed. Dude, but we're going to need some money. Have you seen but, the fields that I've seen? You would have the, your thoughts and, and perspectives would be even more validated. Yeah. Like it is insane. Some of the, some of the people who call us, we get cold calls all day um, from different people, whether it be like, you know, uh, Seed Suites, one of them, they call us all the time. I mean, probably like once a week, they're calling and asking how they can help us with tracking and manifesting and, you know, metrics and all these things. Because yeah, people are trying to find a way to get in. They're like, oh, we, dude, we have everybody. this infrastructure. Will this help your company? We get cold calls from people that are like, hey, we just harvested 2,000 pounds. We need somebody to watch it, wash it. Uh, we get cold calls. Hey, do you guys do uh, remediation? We just harvested our whole field and it's full of PM, test pot for PM. We were told that you guys can do remediation. It's like, no, we don't do that shit. Like, why would you consider it? We only work with like three grows. They're yeah. all indoor grows. They're top quality. They're pound sell for like 3,000 on the retail side. That, like, dude, it's like, not bad at all. And that, and that, they're like, or, yeah, wholesale. So, like, they're, they're, the people that we work with are still on the upper echelon side yeah. of like the cannabis market in Oklahoma. But the, what you're kind of saying, though, there's so much interest in things happening that like we're moving towards it. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's, it's you happening. can't, like, it's so hard to like, you're dropping the bucket when you're making high quality hash against the guy who's making like a similar color hash. Might not have the terpenes, might not have all the, like, you know, you'll show up to the game with like 20 different flavors of five pounds. You know? Yeah. This guy will show up with, you know, 200 pounds of five flavors. And it's just like, shit, like, how did he get that much? Yeah. It's like, well, they grow by the acre. And you start to talk to people and like, we get calls from people that are like, hey, we have pounds right now, $100 a pound. And we are taking down another. 20 acres I mean, we get messages these emails these automated emails because like 
the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Association or authority is like really cool. Like they have a Twitter, they're very responsive. You can call them, but at the same time, early on, they made a few, in my opinion, mistakes. And I think that like they shouldn't have done the public release. Like they, they just like released everyone's personal information as far as like what you registered your business under phone number, email wise oh, on the weird. internet. So like anybody who wanted to get our contact information yeah. got it and you can't change it because that has to be a number that the Oklahoma Marijuana Authority can call. Yeah. So like it's my personal number and the shit's ridiculous. Like so that's, so I had you, to change it. Yeah, it's changed. Like yeah. I had to change the email. It's changed. Like every, and it was like the whole first year it was just a flood. Yeah. And there's still people that have the ability to pass your numbers around. Like you'll have a friend and your friend will be like, oh, I can't wash it. But rare extracts will probably wash it. Yeah. And that call, that number goes to him, and then that guy, you know, bomb, 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 bomb. So how much? So would you say you have to filter through about eighty five percent bullshit for the fifteen percent that actually are people that you're working with? Hundred percent. Like it's like 100%. So, it's just like so much. But what that means is though is that these markets are going to grow and keep on growing. I, I just think they are. I, did you We're know this learning. is the first year in history? I think it was twenty twenty one or twenty. No, it's twenty twenty. This year's not over. But a like census report or some shit came back about kids in college. More kids are smoking cannabis now than drinking alcohol. Oh yeah, which is oh, yeah. which is insane, which is wild. But was it always maybe like that? But they just didn't. Well, I like honest? dude. I like to even go further down the wormhole and be like, you know, what are they going to be smoking 10, 20 years from now? What are they like? What is the product that's going to carry on? Is it combustion of flour, <laughs> bro? Because here, let me tell you, I'll be honest with you. All the old people that I grew up with who weren't pro weed now have a vape pen in their their fucking car or wallet or purse or whatever. Like my parents are fucking like they just like smoke vape pens now all their friends do so like cannabis is becoming way more like of a household thing because of the vape pen yeah which is is like cartridges Uh, like because they're like oh it's easy it doesn't have to burn anything it doesn't stink like parents we have an employee named india who's awesome she does a bunch of our tie-dyeing for our shirts like we don't want to buy pre-tie-dyed shirts we just buy blank canvases and yeah. Give them to her and pay her. I think we pay like five to seven dollars a shirt, and it's, it's like so we, we don't make her with rare extracts. And like, here's a bunch of yeah, white rare extracts. Yeah, yeah, we literally make zero dollars on the shirts. Actually, we don't make we take, like a loss. Either. But I think the best thing about it is that like the girl, the our employee slash con. I like to. I don't even like referring to people as employees. Like kind of like referring as like independent contractors. That's how I do it, like, my guys. I I'm like. You come in when you can. Here's the responsibilities. Just make sure yeah. you get this shit done this week. Like, and she's always puffing a pen and tells us all the time, like, hey, I have a child. Like, I'm, I'm busy. I'm on the go. Like, yeah. how am I able to be a functioning parent if I have to sit down and use a torch or pack a Bro, bowl every time? I've like, just started smoking a slurper. It's so much work. Like, all the little parts you got to clean and put in there. Yeah, I love the slurpers, but I agree. Yeah. Well, dude, so much. I, I've, like, been smoking one for the past week, and it's been... I just like two days ago figured out the right temp and everything because I've been getting violently high. It's been terrifying. It I'm changed like, the way my lungs dude, were working for like a week, dude. Dude, yeah. Well, and I actually, like, I contemplated stop smoking oil again because I was like, I was like, oh, I can't smoke oil anymore. I'm not. My tolerance is fucked up or something. I'm like, no, I've just been taking giant hot dabs through a terp slurp. Like, it's you know now I've dialed it in and I feel great. Like that, what I just smoked from you was so smooth. I, I barely, I didn't even like cough. Yeah, this so good. is. Uh... This is sour banana runts, and that cut came from Anthony. I grew this outdoor too. Yep. Yep. So I had the sour papaya, and I had hunted sour papaya seeds from Bloom Seed Co. years ago um, out on the western slope on the outdoor and brought them back, um, gave them out to a bunch of friends, and a bunch of other people hunted the seeds. So those multiple phenos of sour papaya going around, I think we called our sour papaya number six, but uh, 
tastes identical to it, and uh, he had the banana runts. Bro, you remember that goji OG back in the day? Yeah, the goji OG <laughs> yeah. and the uh, white grapes, dude. Uh, that was my favorite. Uh, it was fun. Those are stuff like the, the white grapes and stuff are all genetics I brought from New York. Cali- but the- yeah, like what was the actual like name that you guys were calling it? Uh, it was like the the purple Afghan That's or what something it is. like purple that. Afghan. It was like this old cut that like. Big fat indica leaves. Yeah, wide blades. It looked like prehistoric. It looked like like old genetics. But yeah, I don't even know if I've ever talked about that on here. That actual plant. I'll just briefly tell my listeners real quick. So back when I lived in New York, there was this uh, old guy that grew outdoor every year in our season. In upstate New York's really short growing season, it's like fucking six weeks of flower if you're lucky, maybe eight, because it just is so damp. You just get butter out really easy. Oh yeah. So most people's outdoor just really didn't make it in New York. Well, this guy had this old, like he called it purple afghan. It was this old genetic he had that flowered in about six and a half weeks. You could have pretty finished bud, which was nuts. And they were dense, hard, but they were short, stocky plants that were just like quick. And I don't know, it was a great plant. But he had this giant mother plant in his basement that he told everyone that he'd had for 15 plus years. But who knows if that's true. But it filled, I guess, four lights. I never saw the plant. I just heard stories about it. It looked right. like a tree, like a, a bonsai tree. It was like huge because he, he always cut it back to cuts off it right. because he needed about 200 cuts a year to do his outdoor. He had a large property where he'd put 200 plants on one side of this like hill where the sun hit perfect or whatever, oh, yeah. and he would flower them there. So that's why the plant was so big because he was taking so many cuts for so many years. But I guess like the stalk on it was like a tree. It was huge. But who knows? You know, It's all upstate New York myth. Yeah. But it was an incredible plant. It was... It was fun to grow. I lost everything. Dude, when my daughter got here, I was like, fuck it. I'm not keeping anything. I just threw it all away. Yeah. I was like, years of trading for stuff, like from Green Dot, getting all those genetics from him. And I got to have lunch with him one day, uh, like a couple weeks ago. <coughs> it was a good time. Uh, him, Down With Dirt, Riley. Oh, uh, nice. My buddy Chris, Shot By A Cop, and uh, my other uh, buddy who runs uh, Front Row Ag, Leland. He's like, the Front Row Ag is a really good nutrient company. It's just like baseline nutrients. So you yeah. Like A and your B and stuff like that. Dude, and, uh, Dave is one of the guys that he puts absurd amount of investment into pheno hunting and genetics. And like that's yeah. like one of the one of the people who's like, you know, like yeah, they make hash and stuff, but it's like I feel like people like that are what's gonna keep the industry growing and the fun novelty of it because he still gives a fuck about like hunting the genetics oh, and yeah. he's invested the money. Whereas I see you can tell which companies you're like, oh, like investor property they just do this four strains that they've gotten out of like metric or whatever someone gave and like and they just crush which is fine i'm not i'm not hating on that but i really respect that like also that connoisseur like side where you're like phenol hunting and putting big investment then finding the best phenols and breeding them we talked like about mushrooms and rso like the whole lunch nice mushrooms and rso see i didn't even know he's into mushrooms that's cool Well, like i had to found my wife found a big thing of oyster mushrooms uh, in our front yard, we had an old stump, yeah. and I put a 400-gallon smart pot on the old stump, and I planted onions in it. I've got okay. like three harvests of onions out of it this season, and because uh, you know how onions are, you just yeah, dude. So, uh, anyways, uh, fucking oyster mushrooms popped up, grew on the side of it, and my wife sent me a photo from Oklahoma. I was like, "What are these?" And I was like, "Those are oyster mushrooms, babe." I was like, where are they? And like, you didn't like the plant yard. the spore there or anything? This just... is what's crazy. When we first moved into the house, my aunt Trisha sent us two logs. They're oyster mushroom logs. Okay. And they got dropped like right there at our mailbox. And the Ooh, mailbox was okay. right there. And I started researching and saying oyster mushrooms drop more spores than almost any other mushroom. They're one of like the top like spreaders of spores. So, like, yeah. 
we never got mushrooms off the logs. Like I planted, it said plant them in a dark, wet spot in the yard, so I planted them there, and they never got any. But uh, it could have inoculated that old stump. Bro, I take there mad mushrooms. Like I, I, like I, I have had my six mushroom pills today because I take a bunch of Paul Stamets, like host defense yeah. mushrooms and stuff. Yeah. yeah, dude. You know that he worked on uh, one of the Star Trek series, no. Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, and he, the main doctor in the show is called Paul Stamet. He uh, got to put his cool. name in there. But the reason they brought him on Star Trek to be part of the producers is because the new type of Star Trek ship travels through the mycelial network. It jumps, oh, no it can jump way. through space using like mushroom spores through a separate network that's like multi-dimensional. Oh, that's it's fucking cool. insane, bro. It's so cool. It's, it came out in 2017. They have like three or four seasons out, but I'd recommend it to anyone. Star Trek, the dis- Discovery. It they, it's like they use like the mycelial network to travel. I and can't recommend really cool. that documentary enough to everybody either. Paul's, fantastic Paul, fun guy. Oh, fantastic fun Yeah, it's a great one. It's on Netflix. Have you ever seen any of the Paul Stamet interviews with Brogan? Oh, yeah. All of his TED Talks. All yeah, of his TED interviews. Talks are great TED too. Talks where he brought his mom out after yeah. he talked about how he cured her cancer. I mean, like, I looked over at my wife and we were, like, both crying. I was like, God damn. Bro, man. that's what my family is, like, prevalent with like cancer and tail. stuff. So that's why I actually started taking a lot of his mushrooms because, like, all that information on, like, preventative and just, like, kind of healing your lungs, especially if you uh, smoke and stuff. Like, so, like, I know that smoking anything isn't, like, great for you, but I'm like, I'll just take these mushrooms and keep living in a life of delusion that I'm fine. I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, You know who else I've been learning about? Like, not learning because he's, like, nobody's teaching me shit, but, like, I've been, you know, self-educating or researching on, you know, uh, you know, bro science. Yeah, like love in, bro science, dude. Uh, is that Dr. Sebi guy. Oh, yeah, very interesting. You mucus. Yeah. You got too much mucus in you. And he's, like, big on the sea moss. Yeah. And, like, whenever I was young and I would go down to Jamaica with my buddy Jamaican Mike, everybody down there would eat these things called Irish moss drinks. Yeah. And they were even in cans. They had, like, two things that, like, stood out that I'll never forget. One of them is the Irish moss and the other is the pink ting. Yeah. I've seen tings here in the States, like, in green bottles. It's just like a lemon lime grapefruit drink. It's like basically like a, and they're like slightly carbonated, but they're very citric, like forward, very like acidic, but awesome if you're smoking like some good Kush, okay. like sitting there like on a really like thick, coffee terpy like chocolatey Kush. That's all just drink like a nice too. orange juice or something yeah. with it. Like that ting is where it's at, and that a lot of their land rays, like the lamb's red and shit out there, like real thick, like gassy, heavy like smoke. So we would drink these things called pink tings, and they're like pink grapefruit drinks. And uh, Irish moss is the other one, and it's basically like sea moss mixed with like. It and that sea moss like helps chocolate. metabolize the like your body building up and holding on to these mucuses and stuff from eating like, certain plants, yeah, like, from like acidic plants or non-alcaline or something like that. Yeah, that's what they say. I don't know. I smoke a lot of hash and listen about all this shit too. Yeah, you exactly. Know. And I saw I listened to Sway in the morning on you know Shady Forty for Shady yeah, Forty Five, yeah. and he had uh, Doctor Sebi's like daughter and his his son in. Apparently, this fool had a lot of kids and was having kids like all the way into his seventies. Oh, bro! So I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's getting wild. I, I think that dude was like assassinated or some shit, bro. They said that he smoked herb. Like that was his one thing. That fool, like that's why he didn't like to leave his country. At yeah, all. Just, like grew and smoked herb all day. I was like, what? How many vacations have you more had about to plan accordingly? Like, like, can we go there one. weed? <laughs> every single one. Yeah. There's never been one. So like, you can ever. relate with Doctor Sebi, dude. I was telling all the people <laughs> that I work with that shit. They were like, you know, where have you been, dude? I was like, uh, you know. The only places that I've been, like where they don't necessarily allow cannabis, is Rome and Paris. And that was for my honeymoon. And you know, we yeah, the Puffco. Like, uh, I, oh, I don't know. Like everywhere is different. We just went to Hawaii. Uh, <coughs> you just went to Hawaii. Yeah. How are the restrictions with the the old candy? 
it wasn't bad. Uh, I had a lady like yell at me in the grocery store. I have a bad habit of like, I guess getting too close to people in the line. Yeah. She like turned around and gave me the eye and was like, sir. I was oh like, no. What? I was like, me? Is it me? Is she talking to me? She's like, could you please take a step back and wait your turn? I was like, uh, yeah. It took like one step back. She was like, thank you. I was Bro, like, you gotta be kidding me. My wife I didn't had, say, I was just like, what? My wife had a lady grab her in the fucking grocery store the other day. Couple days ago. Yeah, I saw that post. Delaney showed it to me. Dude, it was nuts. I was like, uh, I didn't even know what was going on because like Cassie was being so chill with her. But I guess like when we were in the produce section, I'm just—I know you heard about tell from any of my followers too on here. But we were in the produce section, and like this lady walked up, and she was basically saying like, "Oh, you eat organic, but then you put this shit in your hair because my wife's hair is colored." But my wife is a cosmetologist. She's had her hair colored for 15 years, and. Um, yeah, they got in a little like I was like, oh, obviously you're being rude, and then I told the lady to go away, but it was like so strange. Like, who in the right mind walks up to a stranger and then grabs them? But um, it honestly uh, reinforced more how much I think the world might be a better place when that generation's gone. But you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But either way, you know, people are still felt that way you know before. people are still imprinted with the the thoughts of an older generation so those people will still be around even more world people i just hope it's fewer and farther between can i use your dabber yes absolutely i got a clean one too i just cleaned off right here i brought a bunch of them or i thought i did it's all clean uh, Both i think sides. they're in my car we had a bunch of rare dabbers made and uh i brought some for you dude thank you i meant to bring you a lot more stuff but it's been tough uh, remembering. Bro, I'm just happy you brought you, dude. It's so nice to see you. It's been fucking at least three years. Yeah, I always tell people about our booth we had at the Cannabis Cup back in the day. I know. It's like it's so nuts. It's like, years. <coughs> it was so uh, it was such a cool time for about two years back in the day when I was also like blowing glass and people were loving the work, but I was also growing and I had this respect from hash makers and growers too that like gave me another dynamic, which. I felt like made them start buying my glass and respect it too. Just because like you guys were so good at what you do or you specifically are so good at what you do that like my shit would just come out like so nice. It would just, oh, I was, it was awesome. Just like having people over to sash and like letting homies get little bits here and there to enjoy for themselves. And I'm just being like, dude, this is like some of the craziest hash I've ever had. Yeah. Like, and I'm, the and I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Like to just get more of like, I don't know, dude. Cause like we've talked about earlier in the podcast, and I like when people are stoked on what I'm doing. It makes me feel good. So I was like doing the glass and people were stoked on that. And then I was growing and you were extracting the hash. People were stoked on that. Oh, I used to love going to your house up in a, up, 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 up north and fucking just going in there and like sitting in your kitchen. Then we, oh, you open that door to the garage and it was just like you're in there just like experimenting <coughs> like a mad scientist. Yeah. And just talking Dexter's about turbs laboratory. And, and all these ideas. You're like, what if I do this or like change my, my column or this like this or yeah, dude. Different time, different extracts. But, yeah. you know, like I said in the beginning, you were the first dude I ever saw with, like, solventless that, like... I remember we used it, to make tacos. We would, like, take rosin, lay it out, press yep. it. I, dude, I remember you... Uh, I asked you guys and Cassie had one already made. I was like, did you guys make me a press? Yeah. She, like, went down to the basement, came back, and had this little yeah, hash little, press. Yeah, a little hash jar, a little honey jar hash press. And we were just using that to press, yeah, that was like, fun, bubble dude. hash for a while. Dude, I, I kind of miss the Aurora days a bit. I was like, I always tell Cassie, I'm like, what the fuck were we doing before we had a kid? What were we so busy doing before we had a child? Like, it's like nuts. I'm like, do you saw the rabbit? Yeah, he still have the fucking rabbit, dude. He like, 
<laughs> living forever. I don't understand. Yeah. Like it's in, it's insane. Like I remember we used to live down in the basement and you used to have to hide it from the landlord. Yeah, I have to hide the grow, the Everything. studio, and the rabbit from yeah. the landlord when they came checked it every two months. There's like polyvinyl like specific yeah. areas <laughs> yeah. to like hide everything. Yeah, well dude, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean it looked like it was all just I'll like like it. like bins and stuff, but it wasn't it was like a wall of bins and then like black shit behind it to hide it all. I don't know, dude. It was definitely a different time. It's crazy that they used to inspect our house that much, but that's some real Denver shit because people knew, they're like, oh, if you're renting a house, you're probably going to grow weed. Like, it's going to happen. Like, I remember I had that one thing I did with uh, that Alex dude back in the day, and then his house got raided, and I fucking, like, lost, like, a piece and all the lights and everything I invested in there. And I wasn't there, luckily, but, you know, he was, like, renting out space to people. He was like, you can put five lights here. No, you can put five lights here. No shit. Yeah, so he was, like, renting space to people that had med cards, but, like, he wasn't doing it legitimate. So it wasn't like I was, like, trapping or anything. It was just yeah. more of, like, a situation. Someone was like, yeah, five lights, it cost this much for rent. I traded him a piece for rent for three months. And then, like, a week later, after I set everything up, it was, like, the whole house got raided. I, was, like, I knew sick. I couldn't live in Denver for two reasons. One, no, there was nowhere for me to grow a bunch of outdoor. And two really like it was way too expensive like i would Stupid. i would do the math on everything and i was just like okay so i go broke in six months dude it's know, getting so expensive here that i had and uh yeah like it, it was a game changer dude our generation's like not gonna be buying houses they're gonna That's be renters says, yeah. it's, it's, well i have my my employees one of them's like 31 like and like shit's not easy dude like even no. if you worked your ass off like some people still get dealt a shitty hand even if they're hard-working good people i got just lucky what it dude. is that's what i tell people too i got lucky too. i got lucky i started glass blowing when i did i got lucky that all my time was focused on recyclers and that ended up being a popular item a few years later like there's a bunch of shit i got i put my you know cards in the right place or my pawns in the right place or whatever where it worked out i'm lucky because like i tell people it's not just hard work like there has to be some luck because i know good people that work super hard they're in a bad spot right now. Oh, yeah. And it's not because they gambled or anything. It's because it's just what it is. I attribute, dude, I think I keep always going back to like doing what I love. Is it, and I think that has a lot to do with like me being happy, at least in the regards of s sustainability. Yeah. And like, I mean, mental sustainability. Like, I was do, I got in the electrical trade at 17 right out of high school. I went to night school. Um, I'd work all day. I'd have to be at the shop by 6.30 and have everything ready for the van. My journeyman would show up at 7. We'd have to be out of there by 7.15, 7.30. You get to the job at 8. And, like, depending on, like, you know, as I grew and graduated from the program, got my own van, my boss was really cool, and he pulled me aside and was like, hey, no one's going <coughs> to tell you this shit. Nobody wants it. From, and, like, the, the mentality where I'm from in Florida is nobody wants to see you succeed. That's like, they tell you that shit. Like, unions don't want to see you succeed. Nobody bro, that's wants to see you succeed. That might succeed. be the East Coast, bro. And, like, there was this mentality of when he pulled me aside and was like, listen, I'm going to tell you something that you need to know and you need to do. You've been working here for over four years. You only need four years of POI to buy a house. Yeah. You're you're getting paid this much. You have your own van. You have your own card. You're, you're a full-fledged member of this team. Go buy a house. And I was like, ah, it's, yeah. it's not that easy. You know, and he was like, it is. You'll be very surprised. And when I went and applied for a house, they were giving it to anybody who could chew bubble gum. You know, this was before the crisis. Yep. I yep. bought my I house. remember that. Yeah, I bought my house at the end of 2007. All 2008. 2008? Oh, fuck. All 2008 goes by, and I keep hearing these, like, it's like, you know, when a tsunami recedes, yeah. and, like, you don't see anything. You just know the, the shore has never been this weird before. Yeah. 
that was what it felt like. I'd wake up every morning and I had watched Matt Lauer every single morning at like six in the morning for years and he never was this shook. And he started 2008 talking like this hella weird shit about like economic crisis, depressions, recessions. These are all words I had never yeah. heard before. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, 2009 hit and my boss, you know, pulled me aside and was like, hey, you know, I know you bought your house. I know you fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, but you're the highest paid youngest person here. You're 23 years old and you're making this much money, uh, you're gonna be the first we gotta let go. And I was like, cool, so when you let me go? And he's like, that's what's happening right, right now. now. This oh is what's my God. Happening. And I was like, fuck. That sucks. And I remember like, he, I was like, how can I, I was like, how do I apply for unemployment? And he was like, oh, I don't know, I've never had to. And I was like, shit. So like, <laughs> I, I worked there for six and a half years. I got laid off slash fired when the recession hit. You know, it's obvious you're not gonna come back. Like Dude, every, my, my parents, more and more people just getting fired. I mean, a lot of people's parents too is the reason they're on retirements now. The reason that they're 70 and they're struggling because they lost it all in 2008 or yeah. some shit happened. Like, well, like for me, luckily, the one thing about being an electrician and like coming from a place like Florida where it was like very illegal. Yeah. As soon as I got in the electrical trade, I had like two friends that were like, hey, that means you could wire a grow light in my closet. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yes, it does. <laughs> I, I, like, I can do that. Uh, and I started doing it more and more and yeah. wiring more grow houses. So by the time the recession hit, I like for a solid year kept watching all my homies rake in money from like, and then friends coming, they would take their money from their grow houses in Florida and like buy stuff from California. And all these Cali dudes started showing up more and more. And I remember asking, like, you know, can I come see y'all's place out in California? Like, I want to go on vacation out there. Yeah. I want to see y'all stuff. So, like, took a vacation out there, saw it. And just like you said, like, you see it and you're like, oh, I could do this better. Like, I could do this. And, and like, you get so deep that, like, you don't think about anything else. And at that moment in time, the recession hit. Everyone's freaking out. And, like, I saw other people not freaking out a yeah. bit. Doing the opposite of freaking out. Like, burying holes and putting money in it and shit. And I was like, okay. Cannabis seems to be doing okay here. And I smoke all day, every day. Like yeah. I love cannabis. Like you said, all of my vacations in the electrical trade were all to Amsterdam and Jamaica. Mm -hmm. so I went cool, to Amsterdam dude. twice and Jamaica twice. Like I only went to smoke weed everywhere. It was what I love to do. And uh, I just accepted it. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna grow weed. I told my dad, my dad was like, you gotta go to Colorado and meet your uncle Joe. Yeah. Came to Colorado, my uncle was breeding on this website called IC Mag, and he was on like Overgrow and all these other ones. Oh, some old names. been shut down there, in the bro. past, yep. And he was like, this is it, what it is. I was downloading LimeWire, just, just looking at this. <laughs> and he told me, he goes, you gotta choose, in this cannabis thing, you have to choose. You can be a jack of all trades, but no one will respect you. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is pick out what you want to do. And be real fucking good he at goes, it. He goes, do you wanna make great seeds? Do you wanna make great hash? Do you wanna make do you want to grow for people? Do you want to blow it's a big sacrifice like, too when you're what, young? Yeah, you want to try like, all the different things. Yeah, so like for a solid couple of years, that's exactly what I did. I grew indoor. I grew outdoor. I built a shed for indoor. And you're like, built, okay, we're not making enough money to keep surviving. We have to really focus on one thing. And it was outdoor. This and, is the honestly my story with the RBR. It was like yeah. I was making like thirty different designs at one point, and the shops were buying one of each. Yeah, I mean, dude, I. I, I, you own pieces that people didn't, don't even know I make that. They, they just know yeah. me as the guy that makes RBRs. But like a lot of the, like I bought this house, my wife's car and all these things before I ever made an RBR. Like, like the RBR came after all this, but like, it's been a big sacrifice just to focus on one thing. But I know like I keep getting them better and better somehow. They keep getting more refined and like nicer and like function and everything. And it's also like clapped too. in on the guitar, you know? <laughs> bro. But like, here's here's the thing for is like with a company thing though. I like that though. I appreciate that. Um, is that 
if you design something or or make a really good hash and you just do one small batch and everyone's like that I want that was great I want more and you hyped it up for months and they're like no I'm not going to do anymore that's not fair to the customer base and you're not going to build a company with consistency that people feel safe investing in if you just I just did that that one time there's no you have to be consistent for people to feel comfortable to invest money in it so they know that in 5 years you're still going to be doing things and this yeah. isn't, wasn't like a temporary fling so like with the RBR like I really focus on it and now like People recognize it just like a fucking Nike symbol. Like it's, yep. even if they don't like them, it's embedded in their brain. They 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 know what it is. And if someone else makes something that looks exactly like it, they know. Like even if here's the thing, it puts a bad taste in my mouth. I'm not trying <laughs> to shit on anybody, but I have seen it. and I'm just like whoa. Yeah. Well, you know, it's yeah. a simple design, and Cringe. you gotta expect people to. Yeah. You know, it's just what it is. And if it's popular, and my, if my drops are selling out, and people can't get the glass, then there's money left on the table. And if that's just is what it is, as long as the person doesn't, there's only one person I'm not really cool with because he's he's like talked shit and done it. But as long as someone's like, if they stay on their side of the fucking playground and I stay on mine and they're making their money and they're not, I don't hear anything bad coming out of their mouth about me. I don't give a fuck. I've got a question. Uh, uh, Do you ever have owners of like glass shops ask you like, could you do this? And it's like not anywhere near what you do. Yeah. I'm just like. I would like you to be exactly like this guy. Oh. Or make your work look like this. Could you do back in the this? Day, yes. like- back in the day, that happened a bunch when I was first getting into wholesale because I was saying yes to everything. So they were like, we would like an order that's like this. And I'd be like, okay, that really what I do. I'll figure it out. Yep. But I didn't want to miss an opportunity because I'm like, I'm lucky I'm even paying my bills with this right now. That's how I need to be grateful and work my ass off. Like people yeah. will ask us to make a certain kind of hash. And it's like, man, we don't really make much shatter or like the whole diamond craze you know it's like we like a really tasty dab like we don't want like just a mass amount of thc and like if you grow diamonds really big for gramming up you end up having to break a lot of them apart to get even like almost all unless you're selling like fucking eighth jars which rarely most customers aren't buying they're too expensive Dude, there's like maybe three or four guys who are like i would buy a one ounce stone like, I yeah. would come up there with $500 and buy a one-ounce but stone. But $500 like, and why? all that work is not worth – it's just not, it's not worth I think they're that. doing themselves a disservice because they. it's like I would pay to have that hype jar as opposed to, like, paying less to have even tasty dabs of a bunch of different strains. Yeah. You know, and, like, it's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, chemistry is cool as shit. Like, oh, it's definitely. really cool to play around in the labs with, like, these secondary solvents like hexane and pentane. And, and dick around but like i'm more about flavor it goes back again to the terps like what like i do i want to make lots of jams like for my rosin not really because well, i have to put it in heat, heat again, and like yep. it doesn't change the taste to a poor way it doesn't lose terps but it just is more work and i feel like i can do the same with the cold batter bro it's like and people might not taste those variants and all the different types of hash textures you can make with one strain but if you smoke hash all day and are used to certain flavor, you can really point out like, oh, that was reheated to create this consistency. Or, oh, okay, this was, you know, they didn't have a clean water source. I can taste the water. And I'll still do it. We'll make jams. But yeah, if you notice, well, let's make jams. Just because I forget to put the hash in the fridge. We're not making jams because we were like, okay, let's spend a bunch more time altering this hash. Generally, yeah. it's because an owner is like, hey, can Requesting you make jam? It. Yeah. It's like, yes, this sir. This is what my customers want. We're they thankful. saw an Instagram post. They want a bunch of this jam. No, I, I get that, dude. 
But yeah, that's that's got to be tough too, being in the concentrate industry, especially in a legal market, because you're having it's so new that maybe some of the owners of these things aren't super educated yet, and they're asking for things. It's like you know that's going to cost more, right? You're gonna have to sell those grams for now they were fifty five, now you're gonna have to sell them for sixty five. <coughs> we're like, really privileged, like in the regard of a lot of the people we work with now. Like a lot of these, the owners are all cool. They give us like creative freedom, but like more so when I was like in this market here, like it would be like every other month you know like hey did you see this guy's instagram and you'd be having a coffee with one of your friends going over to their grow to check it out for the upcoming process now you have to think about this dude all day and why people like, hyped up on that and how am i gonna get that consistency here when people sat me down and were like hey you gotta stop making uh bho you need to just like make rosin now for us and i was like but i like making bho and i have people that want it like yeah, i have all this equipment i've accumulated over the last yeah. five years can we do like, a slow transition it's like no like if you don't do it we're gonna go to somebody else and it's like well Fuck, man, I guess, like, you're probably going to have to go to somebody else. Yeah. I guess that's how that one's going to work out. And then, like, I slowly – dude, like, you know, there was a one and a two for me, like, when it came to people and receiving things. Like, if you're – if we're in a business and we're in a legal market and you already have a bunch of our diamonds or a bunch of our batter on the shelves, it behooves me to listen to you. There's an incorporated relationship that goes together. We're like, okay, I have to see what you're saying. Out here, there was just this, like, chase of hype. Like, every other – like, it'd be like – Hey man, can you make rosin? Hey man, can you make rosin diamonds? Hey man, can like, you ever do distillate? And it's like fucking shit. Like, dude, how uh, much equipment do I have to buy to just like be like another guy? Dude, on one Instagram? thing like with me is like kind of like on that same kind of like thread right there. Why I don't have like a lot of friends out here and I don't like fucking hang out with anyone. Like you'll never see me anywhere. Not just because I have a kid, but also too because like, I don't know, man. I just feel like a lot of people. They don't have, at least they're not at a point in their life where they're ready to like build a relationship with like loyalty and be a team. And I'm like, if, if people don't have that thought in the back of their, cause me, what if I'm like, I'm going to hang out with this person. Okay. That means I'm starting, I'm planting the seed and we're going to see if we can build this trust and loyalty thing where we can all, you know, find success as a team and not just one, you know, if I'm having a tough year, but you're crushing, let's help each other. Yeah. Mutually accomplish a common goal. Exactly. It's like, we need to be in a tribe in order to, you know, together, you know, fast, we go alone together, we go far, whatever the saying is like, you can run really fast, really far. But like, if you want to go like really far and survive for many years, you're going to need a team around you. So yeah, like that's why I don't really fuck with them because most of the people I've met here, there's, I'd have to, the only people I've actually really liked that I've met here are people that don't know I blow glass. They're like another parent or like the guy at the gas station that I'm just some fucking bearded dude that he thinks works at Subway or some shit. Because most of the people I meet here have like an intent. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, immediately, that's fine. Like, I have an intent too, like with things. Of course, we all do. But like, sometimes it's in a way where we can't get past like a certain point where there'll ever be any sort of loyalty or trust because they'll move on to the next goal. They're like, oh, I was just a stepping stone. And I learned I was, a lot like from know, it, from yeah. those people. Definitely. Like, you kind of learn when to put the guard up and when not to and how to embrace those new relationships correctly. Yeah. As opposed to like, how the last one was embraced and like i always i always try to find out what i did wrong even if i didn't do something wrong it's like maybe i don't need to be like receipt and like you said it's like why why i don't fuck with people as much it's like so maybe that's what i was doing wrong maybe early. i was like trying to put too many balls in the triangle yeah like it doesn't behoove me to have 20 good relationships it behooves me to have five great ones and i've learned that now like and it took me a while to figure that out even with my team like i i have to shout them out like Greg is my partner in Rare Extracts. Uh, it was a pretty cool way that we got like, you know, working together and Greg brought Ivan on and Ivan is like what I would consider to be my apprentice. That's what everyone calls me when they read my name. 
Ivan. Or Ivan. Ivan. Ivan or Ivan, yeah. We have a company out there. Uh, there's there's like a bunch of different... Co- we, I'll tell you some jokes later because like, you like the Nordic stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's like a, a bunch of different places that have names that you can pronounce differently with like different you know uh, yeah accents and they sound really funny that's what we do uh, but yeah uh ivan and greg have helped me out drastically and i hope that ivan will eventually know everything i know about hash making he's on his way there for sure yeah, that's i want my guys sure. to get there too like I, I i'm not in any rush and that's the one thing i try to like you know make everybody know it's like hey Dude, like, I feel like with Slopes. what you're doing, like, there's, like, a lot... This is one thing I've always been envious of people as growers and hash makers is that I feel like people always smoke weed and smoke hash. Like, I feel like there's always going to be room for that. But sometimes I get nervous as a glass artist because it's, like, you know, you're only cool for so long. You know, that's why I'm trying to build a company so that people are like, oh, I just like this brand. Like, I like to drive Ford. I drive Ford, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not saying I drive a Ford, but that's just an example I'm using. So I'm trying to create a brand to have longevity so I can continue to, like, you know, my daughter's 10 buy her some rollerblades and yeah. shit, you know, simple things. But, yeah. We always had a hard time getting good hash. So, like, always. we always tell each other, like, Ivan and Greg have heard me say this a lot, is, like, I really want to have the best hash for the best price. Like, I don't want to have, like, I don't want to have cheap hash. Like, I don't want to have, like, affordable hash. I want to have the best hash for the best price. Yeah. I want that to be known. Like, I want, and I want people to be attracted to it. Like, hey... I drink, like for instance, I'm, I collect bourbon, so like I use bourbon analogies a lot. There is many good bourbons. There is many great bourbons. There's a lot more poor bourbons. Yeah. And like you can instill your place in the market in being a good bourbon for around the price point of like you know twenty dollars to thirty dollars a bottle, or what people consider a great bourbon, which is like you know the hundred dollar bottles and anything above that. Is where it starts to get crazy, and like we don't want our hash to be in that kind of a realm. We you want, want it to be, be like accessible in between, like, like you in want that fifty dollar to thirty dollar. If we were a bourbon company, yeah, we would like to be like a Old Forester, not a Jack Daniels. You know, something that's unique that's been independently owned. We haven't ever taken any loans, and like I'll go back to that too. Like with how Greg got in, Greg was the only person outside of like a few friends of mine who had like actually shown faith in me and what I do in my process. Yeah. Like, when it came to, hey, I have a license, I need a building, I need help getting a building, I also need to be a husband in Colorado for two weeks out of yeah. each month, I really need a partner, and I don't know how I'm gonna do this by myself. Greg was like, well shit, can I be the partner? Can I help? Yeah. He's like, I've smoked your hash, I've, I've loved the hash, you've made hash out of the garden that I work at, he worked at a garden, and he was looking for a place and ownership in the industry, and very educated, smart guy, you know, honest, which, and loyal like those are like uh, honesty and loyalty dude like i don't need to be i'll res- pick that over skill any day i'll pick that over respect I'll like i don't over- <laughs> i'll pick that shit over almost yeah. anything like yeah. i want honest you tell me the truth even if it hurts my feelings yeah and that's where honesty Definitely. jumps just a little bit over respect in my opinion it's like yeah don't respect my emotions and how i'm going to react much more than the truth like the truth is so valuable like at every point of the turn well because we're such temporary creatures humans we don't live that long so like if there's a lot of time wasted, it's like it's like viscerally painful for someone that's self-aware of their life. It's like, dude, like we could have avoided so much shit if you just told me that. Like, cause we yeah. don't, we didn't have to do all this. And like, dude, Greg's a fucking ace. Like, very loyal, very honest, and not loyal to me, loyal to the brand. Like, he understands that. Like, no, neither me nor him are more important than rare extracts. 
and our families are number one and rare extracts is number two so like me and him come behind that like our families and it sounds weird that i say that that way but like when we got together both of us were very work oriented people that one was a ripper. That Tropicana was fire, dude. Yeah, no, that citrus dude. strip just like hit me. I was like, whoa. I call it co- like morning coffee. You <coughs> can only smoke it in the mornings. Holy cow. That was really good. Really super smooth. Got it. so nice smoking good rosin, dude. It's it's just noticeably smoother. I yeah. swear. It's really nice to be able to like get some from our own garden and then have like the equal equivalent from my workplace. Yeah. Uh, I don't think many people have that either. Like me and Greg both have our own little four by eight tents at our house. We're always popping our own seeds at our house. I grow in my little greenhouse in my backyard. It's not a job. It's not a business. It's a yeah. lifestyle. Like this it's a lifestyle. And it's, all, it's also like, I feel like it. it's like little investments too in your life. It's like, what if I find some like crazy keeper out of my little tent that was I was just doing for fun because I loved to have Dude, everyone gets it. Yeah. That's another thing I don't get with like this whole, if we're going to talk new generation of cannabis, like not sharing packs, bro. Like back in the day, if you found a keeper. I away. No one wants them. I have like. Hundreds I, of packs of rare seeds. I, I sprout these 12 packs every year in my greenhouse to give them away to my friends. Like my one friend grows plum wine. My other friend grows purple uh, papaya punch, which is purple punch by papaya. This Trap Cookies was grown by me, but the cut was given back to me by Anthony, organic garden dog, who I gave the cut to initially. And like yeah. this deluxe sherb, Anthony shares that cut with me. I mean, giving it out to anybody else, but that's not because I, I wouldn't. Guys. It's because they're no best. one's asked. Like, they're all we're all in a community, and if we find a keeper, it's like, you have to get this, bro. Like, you gotta try this. This is such a good plant, dude. You know what I was like missing the other day was like those Friday night sessions when you'd bring over the sacred sweets and then those syrups, yeah. bro. We got one of my friends like, and you weren't because after everyone left is when he was super high because like the syrup hit him, but like he drank one of those thousand milligram ones. Like we all like, I don't know. If, like, Dude, I miss Nick a lot. Like I, I don't know what happened to him. I feel bad too because like he, he. I, so like, I need to address this publicly because I was an asshole and I apologized to him uh, because I didn't know he changed his name. Yeah. And he changed his Instagram name to Diamond something, and like, this like. I saw it and I was like, how am I following this page? And this page has all these followers. I was like, you can't just change your name. I was like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And like, he messaged me and yeah. he was like, dude, it's Nick, huh? Sacred <laughs> Sweets. I was like, oh shit, he changed his name. So like, I apologize for being a dick to him. <laughs> dude, I, did. I apologize to him privately, but I know it's it a public comment. Dude, like, I have like, <clears throat> there's been so many times over the past few, actually since my daughter got here, I have like, I, I don't even like, I don't know. It's like I don't put any energy into like any sort of like argument or confrontation with anyone because it's such a handful. With a kid, I'm like all the energy goes there for. He the just energy. had a child too. Yeah, it's like it's it's he did he just did too. Yeah, oh, I believe word, they had dude. a child. That's dude. So and he's not doing sacred suits anymore or anything like that. He just no. I believe that he moved out to California. Uh, I don't even you know know well, he, where he, he went does. or what's going on. It's crazy the characters that have come and gone in this industry over the people, last like two years. People will laugh because I made a post one day that was like uh, I put, I put all my RSO. I have this big quartz cavern. Yeah. And I put all my RSO syringes in a cup and I sit them in the cavern and and I, you know pseudo they charge energy bro yeah yeah uh and that's something i learned out here in colorado like all my uncle and all these old school hippies are like you know you can charge your medicines with stones like you can put your stones and like go in their grows and there'd be these cool gemstones everywhere and shit just be like these wooks are super cool you can put stones underneath like trees and plants and it actually helps them grow there's something specifically that happens with quartz yeah that like 
it might be some sort of like electromagnetism or some sort of like transfer of energy who knows but there's something that like putting quartz underneath plants like it does something just like putting a yeah. south pole magnet under a plant gives it a higher frequency to find the south pole to grow its roots now it like makes the plant grow roots harder now it's like a, a, a root like steroid putting a magnet under the plant with the south pole facing you know yeah, that down. makes a lot of sense. So it's like, oh, this is the way you grow. You grow towards the south pole. You go down. What was I gonna say? Oh, oh, to that, to that. Nick was the first person that I saw charging his edibles. He would take the water that he made those gummies with and charge it with different gemstones. And like he would say on there, it'd be like, orange juice, Merkaba gummy charged with citrine stones. I love that they were Merkaba too. That shit too. stood out like a motherfucker, yeah. dude. And I remember. The first cannabis cup that I entered in, which I helped Fox get that first place in, yeah. and Schumit used that uh, for his banana pudding <coughs> bar, which he got first place with. That event was the event that he entered those pudding pops with Ken Wall and Jibs yeah. and THC concentrates. And I was like, for our THC, it was like T-H-E, Trichome Heavy Extracts. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, that's God, the company name. Yeah, dude. So I'm I'm such a psycho that I still have like packaging from Sacred Sweets. I have all this kind of weird shit. Like I have syrups. I found one of his old syrups in the, my mini fridge when we were unloading the basement like a year ago. Like cause we were like moving stuff to the storage unit and take because we never really fully unpacked. Just put it in the basement. I'm, some... Dude, I'm a license owner now, and like I'll be goddamned if that stuff doesn't inspire me. Yeah, it's fucking cool, dude. Okay, sweet. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. Like I just kind of miss those times though, because like I feel like I was just like. I don't know. I don't remember much of it because I was so stoned, but I just missed kind of like some of that freedom because now I'm like such a homebody, hardworking. Like I was always working, but like I'd be like sometimes I'm like, right. yeah, I'll fucking go do this. But now it's like, oh, I got to get this done before the kid gets home. It's nuts. But it's also a blessing too because like I'm telling you, dude, I work so much harder and it's so much happier now than I used to be too. Yeah. Because I used to worry so much about acceptance with people that it would <coughs> it ruin my day. We went to every event because of that. You yeah. Know? Every secret sesh, every competition, like... I truly cared. I got really hemmed up with worrying about everybody else, and I lost focus of what the brand was about, and that was making very good medicine and very good products to smoke yeah. and vape, and that's what we've gone back to in Oklahoma, and that's all that we try to that's focus on That's got to be fun now. because when a new place legalizes, you're almost getting another, like, taste of, like, going back in time to, like, yeah. oh, like, people are going to, make the like... same mistake again. Yeah. But, no, I just, I don't know, I... I I don't think people know how much of it, like an investment is for someone to like like you to work like go there a couple times a month and do everything you're doing. There's so many things behind the scenes you could never even tell everybody that you've Dude. had to deal with just to get to where you're getting. And a lot of people have this misconception that oh, if you like make hash, like you're rich, or oh, if you blow glass, like you're rich. It's like you you can you can get there, but don't assume. A lot of people that have like make yeah. hash or do these companies, if they do it right, they're probably have a really thin profit margin. Because, because to make a product you can actually sell to people in stores and put the effort you want to put in, it's it's tough. Because it takes time and equipment, and time is the most expensive thing. I like, have friends that are electricians that never left the trade that are doing very well. That yeah. Have, like, their own offshore just, boats, yeah. big-ass RVs, nice houses down on they the water. They just stuck with it and just kept doing that. And in Jacksonville, yeah. And, they, and you know, they always shout at me, or like, hey, dude. When you coming back? When's that little weed bullshit gonna fizzle out? And it's <laughs> like it's not gonna, it's not gonna because gonna I love out. what I'm doing. And That's what I'm... I was about to say. Like you would probably wouldn't have been happy if, right now if you just kept doing electrical work. I, I think, was not happy doing it. I think that having being like a trailblazer and working in an industry that's new and upcoming. This is one of the last American dream industries. Like besides like you know some of the weird like military stuff that we're building. But as far as like being people that just you could work 
you know, with your hands and create something and sell it to people and like be proud of it. That's like, you know, and then provide for your family. That's a huge thing. Yeah. You know, especially without, you don't have to go to school. I mean, it helps. All those things will help. Like where I, my friends are in New York, they're all like going to Syracuse University now for a cannabis program because New York's, Amsterdam, man. Yeah. New York's about to pop off, I guess, with like yeah. legal weed and shit. We get emails but, from people saying that exact thing. I'm going to school when I graduate. Can yeah. I come tour your facility or get a job with you guys? And it's, it's like, it's nuts. WTF. And I'm like, and I think that like one thing I'm doing with Bear Mountain Studios is making like the RBR and trying to establish like core, like foundational pieces that people will recognize and remember is that when that happens, I hope that I have a big enough setup, I have enough people on the team that I can like provide glass for all these people in all these different states that are new smokers that are like, oh, what do you like? Like some people are gonna like a mini tube, some people are gonna recycle, some want a variety, maybe they want one of everything. You know what I mean? But I want to be one of those staple pieces that people think of like as a daily driver for the Absolutely. recycler category specifically. Cause like when I used to think about pipes, they're like, okay, I got my Toro, I got my Sovereignty. They're just like these staples back in the day you'd have in your collection that oh, were yeah. awesome. I want the RBR from Barrel <clears throat> Studios to be in the recycler category because I don't think there's a daily driver recycler yet that's out there consistent enough, you know, that isn't made in China. Yeah. Like obviously there's a lot of guys that make recyclers, but most people make them are pretty limited. Yeah. Maybe they made 10. You know, that doesn't mean that everyone's getting one. That means that a very small group and sometimes one person owns three of them because he yeah. just loves that piece. So I want something that people can actually see, remember, and that's accessible. And that's why price range too is tough with glass. Like majority of glass itself is like five hundred to eight hundred dollars, which isn't cheap, but it's also not the most expensive either. Um, like my colored stuff's more than that, but I mostly sell clear glass. I only post like maybe ten percent of what I make on Instagram. I don't post everything. I make, I make a lot of glass because I'm trying to get people like remembering it, recognizing it. I want it to be like, you know like I said, part of people's daily like ritual and smoking thing because it was always such a big part of my life when I get home from a shitty day at work. Like, oh, I'm gonna fuck it. Or even a good day, I'm hyped up Huge. and having fun. Huge part. Yeah. Even in the mornings, you know. Fuck, dude. This is fun, man. Appreciate you coming here and talking to me on the episode. I'm excited to hang out with you for a little bit after. Yeah. Talk some more. Cause, I know. We yeah. can talk all day. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, dude. Now I still have some more hash to try. But I don't want to give my producer too much to edit, make it too long of an episode because they're hard to upload as they get bigger. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, please plug your Instagram and stuff so people can check it out. Yeah, it's at uh, Rare Extracts, um, spelt with one E. So there's no E in extracts, R-A-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. And spelt that way on all platforms, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, we don't have a TikTok or a Snapchat or any of that shit, but... We do have. Yeah. One. We probably get one. Uh, my partner, Greg, has one, Scary Greg, on TikTok. If you want to check out some of our videos from inside the lab, he posts some pretty cool ones. Oh, that's cool. It's hard for me to manage them. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, I mean, We're dude, balancing. social media is like a whole other job. It really is. And if sometimes if you spend too much time on their DM and then you wasted a whole day and you're like, fuck, I didn't get what I needed to get done today. Yeah. There's you the know? Cowboy Cup coming up in Oklahoma this December. Oh. I'll be walking around there if you see us. Uh, Cowboy Cup. what's up, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I think that'll probably, uh, I think that's all we got going on. Do some pop-ups. Uh, in November, we got a toy machine pop-up with uh, Clint Walker at the block. That's fucking sick, it's The bro. green block in uh, Oklahoma sick. City. And like, there. it's so cool. I love how the skateboarding industry has always been so pro-cannabis. Yeah, it's dude, like Clint's awesome. We love I'm like, Clint. I, like, I can't wait for like some of these guys to fucking, I don't know, start collecting more glass. Oh, yeah. Like, let me yeah. hook you up with an RBR, bro. Yeah. Smoke it. Yeah, we got to work something out. Dude, that'd be sick. Yeah, he's a fucking shredder. 
Well, sweet. Well, appreciate you again, man. And uh, thanks to everybody who watched today's episode. Uh, don't forget to check out bmsglass.com. Sign up for that newsletter so you stay up to date on all of our stuff. Sunday sale today. Thank you, Aja, for traveling down here and always taking care of us and producing these episodes. He has to watch them twice, guys. You know, it's a lot. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. This is the What's Up Everybody podcast, episode 74. Good to be back.